Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Hancock Whitney. Hancock Whitney is here for families, here for businesses, here for communities during this challenging time. Visit HancockWhitney.com slash COVID-19 for the latest. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. From our socially distanced virtual lunch table in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Aschuti, Tulane University Freeman School of Business professor and director of the Birkenrode Reports. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. In the second week of March of this year, 2020, I sat down at a table at Commander's Palace for what I thought was going to be a regular Out to Lunch show. It turned out to be a great show. I had a very interesting interview with two fascinating people who were both building successful businesses. One of my guests was Elliot Guthrie, co-founder of Congregation Coffee. Elliot told me how they roast their own beans and supply coffee to over 70 New Orleans restaurants, including Brennan's, Patois, Paladier 511, Margie's Grill, and Donna Link's restaurants. He also told me how he started up two coffee shops, one in Algiers and another in the CBD. That capitalized on his culinary background. My other guest that day was Kevin Bratcher, co-founder and director of business operations at a company called Supreme Specialty Foods. Among other items, the company's signature product is a healthy alternative to peanut butter called Beyond the Equator. It's a totally nut-free butter that's made with five seeds, chia, flax, pumpkin, sunflower, and hemp. Kevin told me Beyond the Equator is available at over 600 stores in 25 states and on Amazon. Then after our conversation, Elliot, Kevin, and I walked out of Commander's Palace and the whole world changed. Today, as a result of the ongoing pandemic, Commander's Palace is still closed. And Elliot Guthrie's coffee business and Kevin Bratcher's seed butter business have changed too. So to find out how the global pandemic is affecting New Orleans business, we're meeting up again today. This time, not at Commander's Palace, but around our virtual lunch table. Elliot Guthrie and Kevin Bratcher, Welcome back to Out to Lunch. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Peter. Elliot, let's start with you. I imagine with your reliance on supplying coffee to restaurants and having your own retail outlets, you might have had some challenges since we spoke back in March. Yeah, uh, you know, absolutely. Our uh, downtown, the CBD store, we decided to pull the plug on that one. It just, you know, there's nobody downtown. Um, we tried to reopen I want to say May, I believe. And uh, it just, we couldn't justify it. Um, so yeah, we're, we're out of downtown. So that was one of the biggest interruptions. And then, you know, obviously the wholesale business selling to restaurants that are now slowly reopening. Um, but it was definitely kind of a long road to get here. Uh, one of the, where we did succeed through all this was our direct-to-consumer uh, products. You know, so we, offer free local delivery um and then we ship coffee all over the country to folks and that increased by about 600 percent um since the beginning of the shutdown so that's been great for us and then the restaurants are starting to ramp back up now but it has been kind of a long road to get there and elliot uh you mentioned the closing the cbd store that that kind of ties into what some other guests have told us that 
you know, the offices are relatively empty and they're not sure people are going to be going back there. So I guess that was a important decision. It was, and it's the uncertainty of it all, right? That, you know, if we knew this was going to be over in October or, you know, we all thought going in, there's going to be a couple of weeks, right? And then it proved it was going to be a couple of months. And now six months in, um, we still don't know how much longer it's going to be. So that it was just, it was worth it for us to take the time and energy to focus on the parts of the business that were making us money and not try to reinvent the parts that just weren't working. Um, so yeah, that's what we decided to do. And Kevin, during the lockdown period of the pandemic, the only retail outlets open were grocery stores and a lot of people who wanted to avoid going out at all and may have never even thought about buying groceries online got very familiar with things like Instacart. Uh, given that your products are in grocery stores and online, have you seen any changes in your business? Absolutely. Um, we have seen a, similar to Elliot, we've seen a, a large uptick in online sales. Uh, like you said, people are more hesitant to go to grocery stores or to go, you know, just generally out in public. So they're looking for their groceries online and, and we've seen a good uptick there. Also on Amazon uh, has been, been a large uptick. Um, but in grocery stores, we, we've seen a little bit of a change in their buying habits. Um, they're, they're focusing more on essentials, on toilet paper and water. Um, so a lot of the meetings that we had lined up for May or June um, were canceled or pushed back to the fall just because they're, they're kind of prioritizing other things at the time, which, which made sense. The last time we talked, we were talking a lot about shelf space and such. That, um, that game has changed a little bit, and I would assume it's getting tougher to compete against the big boys with deep pockets in that area. It's definitely tough. Uh, we try to emphasize um, our differences, and, and the shelf space is um, – is limited for sure, but it's definitely growing in our category. So we're looking at the, the almond butters and the other, the other peanut butters on the shelf and trying to emphasize that we are different. We are a new and growing category uh, for allergen-free products, uh, safe for people to eat. So we, we try to emphasize our differences, emphasize why something like uh, our product is necessary on the shelf for anybody who can't eat a peanut or an almond. Um, and and it's, it's been pretty helpful and it's been a pretty, a pretty good message to relay to buyers. And Elliot, I am, um, I guess I assume that the reason yours is called congregation coffee is the uh, decade you spent as a Catholic priest at one point or. <laughs> yeah, it's all about coming together, um, which we can't do <laughs> right <true>. now. <laughs> so, you know, that's coffee shops, you know, our meeting places and we're fortunate enough to have the, our, you know, Algiers congregation still coming out um, in limited outdoor seating, but we have a neighborhood there and it's, that has helped because especially this summer, people aren't leaving New Orleans. Um, so, you know, we're still giving them a little place to socially distant uh, congregate at the coffee shop in Algiers. Um, we've been working with a handful of local chefs and cooks, uh, letting them do breakfast pop-ups on the weekends. Um, so I thought that was kind of cool. You know, most pop-ups are say at breweries or at bars. Um, so this gives a whole nother kind of twist to that and allows people to, you know, come out in the daytime and get some different offerings. Um, and that's been really great and has really you know, had people coming out. So Nelly, that really isn't why it's called Congregation Coffee, is it? 
What's that? Uh, your name, Congregation Coffee. Where does that really come from? It is the collective noun for a group of alligators. Ah, like a murder of crows, that kind of thing? Yeah, murder of crows, a, a flamboyance of flamingos. flamingos. <laughs> yep. Well, see, that's the kind of thing I could use at parties, but there are no more parties anymore. So there's a, uh, and uh, you two, I remember, <laughs> what was it? Two of your uh, best roasts are actually alligator related name too. Yes, we've named our blends after the different um, ergonomical walks of the alligators. So the high walk, um, gallop, and then our decaf we call the low walk, which is kind of the belly crawl. <laughs> well, now the important thing for listeners really is if you're being chased by an alligator, is this true you're supposed to be moving in a zigzag uh, formation? That's what I hear. Okay, all right. I know you're... <laughs> This is getting to be a very broad conversation. The uh, um, Kevin, uh, you, I, 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 it's one of my favorite stories. You were getting an MBA at Tulane, and um, you were doing like you know sometimes we uh, kind of farm out our students to do uh, business plans and all, and that's sort of how you got into this wild business, right? Yeah, I kind of kind of fell backwards into it. I was I was working on some business plans for a, a Tulane MBA alum. And I, I sat down, asked him kind of in my last semester, he was working in, in kind of the food restaurant space. And so I asked him, you know, if he had any opportunities or if he knew anybody with opportunities. And he said, well, come meet me for lunch. I have an opportunity for you. It wasn't exactly what I expected. Um, but him and his brother-in-law uh, sat me down at lunch and said, we have some, some land in South America where we grow superfoods and basically we're trying to make a business out of it. So we need somebody to manage everything. Uh, and so, yeah, a, a couple of weeks later, I was on a, a plane down to Bolivia for a few months and uh, it kind of went from there, but it's uh, it was definitely a strange start. And that is not your normal internship. I, I want to <laughs> use the, what you see in those mutual fund ads, your results may differ. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not, not exactly the same as most. <laughs> and tell me what the business operations side is. I, uh, I remember the part where a lot of these, these uh, ingredients were being grown down in South America. What did you do for the, for the, uh, for the company? Sure. So when, it, when I got there, we were mostly growing superfoods, chia seeds, quinoa, mung beans, um, and, and kind of selling them to local co-ops or, collect, or collectives. And, and we started exporting when I got there uh, to mostly Europe and Asia. Uh, and over the last few years, we've been integrating kind of up the, up the chain to uh, ingredients. So we started making flours and oils and butters out of the products we were growing. Uh, and then eventually that evolved into making the butters and, and launching the retail brand, which we launched uh, about two and a half years ago, which is beyond the equator. And uh, the name kind of makes sense coming from uh, Bolivia and South America and spending a lot of time down there. Ah, they, and if, you know, I've got to ask you both, have people's um, eating and drinking habits changed since the pandemic? I think so. Uh, obviously, they're not going to restaurants uh, as much, but I think people are, um, at least on, from my experience, they're buying more shelf-stable foods and, and they're buying foods that'll last a little bit longer. They're not sure when they're going to be able to go back out to grocery stores or go back out and, and go out to, to restaurants. So uh, it's, it's been, I think we've seen a little shift in that direction. And Elliot, what about yourself? It seems like people are drinking a lot more coffee or at least a lot more at home. Um, you know, a lot of our subscription customers who've been ordering from us for years all 
upped their quantities. Um, so I guess that's, you know, no more coffee pot at work. So you have to do it at home. Um, so yeah, and it's more coffee. We're, we're happy about that. So. How'd you decide to go to, I guess you always had subscription uh, uh, customers and such. You decided not to go fight for grocery space though. That must've been a conscious decision. You know, so early on we did get in, we were in Langensteins um, and it just wasn't, we didn't have enough brand recognition at that point to get the shelf space we needed. Um, you know, we ended up, we were selling them 60 bags of coffee and three weeks later buying back 55 of those bags of coffee. Um, but through all this, the uh, pandemic, we have been working with Whole Foods and we'll be going into Whole Foods in October. Um, so now with a little more brand recognition and I think our price point too, will be better received by the Whole Foods uh, customers. You know, whereas our price point was just far greater than anything else on the shelf at Langensteins. Yeah, so we're going to do another spin with it and see how it goes. And I think I pushed for it really strong when all this stuff started because I knew that the grocery wasn't going anywhere. Um, so I felt like it was an important place for us to be for you to have some longevity. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. I'm talking with Elliot Guthrie from Congregation Coffee and Kevin Bratcher from Supreme Specialty Foods. They make a five-seed, allergy-free alternative to peanut butter called Beyond the Equator. We'll be right back after this very brief break. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. I'm talking with Elliot Guthrie from Congregation Coffee and Kevin Bratcher from Supreme Specialty Foods. They make a five-seed, allergy-free alternative to peanut butter called Beyond the Equator. Kevin, you know, we talk about, I'm talking to the two of you individually, but these businesses don't operate uh, by themselves. And I'm worried about things like partnerships you had before. Um, are they intact or you don't have the volume now or what's happened there? Sure. I mean, most of the partnerships we had previously are still intact. We had a large rollout scheduled for April that uh, still went out as it should. And, and we added a bunch of stores. But a lot of the partnerships, at least on the store side, like I said, have been kind of delayed. So we have a, a, a rollout for a, a chain in the Northeast uh, that was supposed to happen here in September, and it's been kind of pushed back to next year. So they haven't necessarily been severed partnerships, but they have been delayed with, with a lot of other priorities kind of, kind of taking shape during all of this COVID. So, um, you know, the partnerships have been tough. And, and on the seed side, finding the right seeds we need um, there's been a bit of a restraint on, on food products in general, um, especially with, with shipping needs and, and some political concerns. Uh, it's been a little bit tougher, but overall, the partnerships are still there. Uh, they're just obviously delayed is probably the best way to put it. And one of the things that I remember sticking in my head was the idea that for you, the work you have done and co-packers and things like that, it was much more complicated than most places because you couldn't have a, a packing facility that dealt with peanuts or allergens or anything. So it was limited. Absolutely. There's, there's only a few, uh, we did a long, uh, a deep dive trying to find the right co-packer for us. And there's not many out there that don't, that make butters without nuts. So the one that we found has been great. There's definitely a concern. If, if there's any uh, COVID instances at the facility, the whole thing has to shut down. So we've been lucky in that sense that nothing has happened so far. But it's definitely a concern and you know we have to reflect that in our inventory purchases 
and, and kind of our planning so that if something does happen, we still have what we need. And then, uh, Elliot, you had, let's see, you had a partnership with a, uh, a Parisian baker and, uh, uh, back then. And, um, and I also know it's gotta be one of the worst things of running a business is having to lay people off. I mean, how, how has all that been? You know, it has been hard. Um, yeah, so Charlene, the baker, she actually left to have a, her second child. And I think she will be pursuing, you know, I, I haven't spoken to her since all this has really started. Um, I can't speak as to what her pursuits are. Um, laying people, it's hard. You know, it's really hard. Um, I think that we found just being as honest as we can with our employees and, you know, really showing them where we're at as a company and where we're headed. Um, and we have a lot of great employees who are engaged and engaged in the future of the company. And we've been able to kind of spread the, the hours out between about six or seven employees. So we went from 17, six or seven, seven um, employees. And guys, the, uh, you know, people always say that, you know, these, these are terrible instances at the time, but a lot of good companies get a chance, some time to reflect, change their business strategies, pivot, and come out stronger on the other side. Uh, Kevin, obviously you want to do that. Are there things you're doing now or thinking about doing that'll make that a reality? Uh, I would say our, kind of our biggest pivot has been towards the online side. We, we spent, we're spending a lot more time focusing on, you know, driving customers to our website, making sure our Amazon uh, pages and keywords and all that are, are as good as they can be. And, and, and kind of delivering that customer experience directly directly to the customer online while the grocery stores are starting to slowly get back on their feet as far as meeting with new customers and all that. So we've definitely focused a little bit more online than we would have in the past. Uh, Elliot, do you think you would have, uh, well, I'll put it pretty bluntly. Do you think the CBD would have made it, that store? You know, I do. January and February were great months for us. You know, the last time we all sat down, I was very optimistic about it. Um, I, I feel we were at our six month mark and things were looking up. Um, it, what, it was hard getting there, but I think we kind of got over that hump and we're starting to be recognized for, you know, what we were. Uh, but yeah, I think that this definitely um, catapulted us into that, you know, unknown place. And like I say, it was, it was kind of time to take the car into the shop and, do some maintenance work, you know, on the company that had to be done. And for that, I actually, I am thankful that we've had that opportunity to just reassess our practices and it's kind of forced us to work lean, which is, isn't a bad thing. So, yeah, I think that, you know, at the end we'll come out better and in a uh, more competitive place and getting rid of the CBD store has allowed us to do that and just really focus on what matters. Um, at the moment, so you're both hold, hanging in there, and you both have uh, seemed to be in decent spirits. Did you go through both of you? Did you go through the same thing that so many of us had, where in the beginning you were you were okay, and then later in the summer, it, it, kind of depression started to to kick in when you realize how long this was going to be? Yeah, it's it's definitely taken its toll. It's it's not something that you can really prepare for. I think, and it's it's something that evolves, kind of as it came about, nobody really knew what was going to happen. So yeah, it's been, it's been difficult, but uh, thankfully our office is, is just two of us. So, 
you know, I could come in, we come in on kind of a rotating schedule and we can have a place to get out of the house and feel a bit of normalcy. So that's definitely helped. But yeah, it's, it's, it's not something you can really prepare for. And uh, Elliot, did you, have you had uh, ups and downs emotionally in this, uh, in this? You sound like you're maybe on the upswing. It's a, it's a daily or hourly roller coaster. <laughs> you know, I think that on the whole, I've been, the mean has been fine. Everything's been fine, but there is the ups and there is the downs and they're almost constant. And I think a lot of that is just based around all the uncertainties that this has brought about, um, you know, from personnel to supply chain to money lost to you know, all of it. Um, but the focus, like I say, the focus is really just on coming out fully intact on the other end. And when I really you know, take a step back and look at the picture as a whole, I see that as where we're headed. And for that, I'm thankful. And um, New Orleans has its own specific, you know, pluses and minuses. Uh, anything that was particular to New Orleans in terms of what you've been going through for the last six months? Yeah, I think, again summers in the restaurant industry and I'm going to lump us as a coffee shop into the restaurant industry. Um, summers are the worst time in new Orleans, hands down, but because the locals aren't leaving this summer, the summer is actually proving to be relatively decent, you know, both at the coffee shop and the restaurants that are open seem to be busy. So, you know, the restaurants that have reopened are ordering about the same quantity of coffee that they were post March. So I'm just looking at it from my perspective. You'll definitely talk to other restaurant owners who will have a completely different view. So I think that that is one unique thing to New Orleans is that the summer's actually proven. A lot of people I talk to are saying the summer's shaping up to not be that horrible. So I think that's about all I got there. And uh, Kevin, I'm trying to remember when we last talked to each other, you seem to be on the verge of some new product releases. Was that right? That's right. We we launched a chocolate version um, of the butter. Actually, today it launches in about 200 stores. Um, but it, that's been kind of our focus the last few months is selling that online and and building a campaign around the the new option. And we're really trying to to take a small slice out of the Nutella empire uh, with what I just like thinking of the Nutella empire. Just uh, seems like. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we found out they actually buy 75% of the world's hazelnuts. So wow. uh, it is truly an empire. Uh, and so, yeah, we're, we're trying to, to just take a small slice by you know, letting people know that how much healthier we are and kind of what we're offering and, and see if we can gain some exposure. I remember you secretly gave me a jar of the new uh, chocolate and it was great. So uh, they, yeah. <laughs> they um, but Kevin, you were, uh, what did you do at that point? Did you just put the brakes on the new product? No, we've, we've been kind of posting ahead on, on new products, making sure that when everything does open back up, we're, you know, better positioned to, to really launch some exciting things. So, you know, we've, we've working on a couple more things behind the scenes, some flowers and, and some jams, things like that, that, that we might launch early next year. But, um, you know, given the kind of lack of opportunity in the grocery space, the last few months we've actually had time to dedicate to R&D and, and seeing what might be, you know, exciting and new around the corner. Wow. 
And Elliot, you, I mean, I would assume you know this better than the rest of us. Uh, you talk to restaurants every day. Uh, you getting any feel for what the reopening is going to look like or what the timetable is? No, no idea. I mean, I, one thing I hear echoed is that, you know, with the reopening of schools, that's going to maybe kind of determine a lot. You know, if we can successfully reopen schools, people aren't getting sick. And I have a feeling at that point, more restaurants are going to dive in. But I, I think that, you know, the everyone's opinions vary so widely. A lot of people I talk to are saying different things. Um, you know, out of the restaurants that have opened that we work with, a handful of them are all in the same restaurant group. You know, so they're all kind of going together. So, you know, I, I really, I'm afraid I can't offer too much um, detail there. Well, if you don't know, <laughs> we don't know. That's, uh, that's, that's, <laughs> Uh, most of us are happy to accept the world around us as we find it. There are tons of coffee shops and plenty of allergy-free butters to choose from already. The average person might think, do we really need another brand of coffee or another peanut butter alternative? Luckily, there are those of us who are not the average person. Entrepreneurs like you, Elliot, and Kevin see things differently. And Kevin, where most of us see crammed supermarket shelves, you saw the space for one more product. And Elliot, where most of us would settle for Starbucks, you saw an opportunity to lead that line of latte lovers to a new destination. And now we're confronted with an unprecedented economic reality that most of us feel powerless to affect. We're again looking for entrepreneurs to lead the way to recovery. Uh, Kevin and Elliot, we look forward to keeping up with you. I'm sorry the catering's not up to commander's standards you had last time we met, but the conversation has been equally engaging. Thank you both for coming back to join me today on Out to Lunch. Thank you. Thanks for having us. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Elliot Guthrie, co-owner of Congregation Coffee, and Kevin Bratcher, the co-founder and director of business operations at Supreme Specialty Foods. We edited this show to fit your time slot here on WWNO. You can hear the unedited conversation and find out more about Elliot's coffee and Kevin's butter by listening to the Out to Lunch podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch podcast anywhere you get podcasts and on our website, itsneworleans.com. If you want to know what we look like, you can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and on our Out to Lunch social media. These photos were taken today by Jill LaFleur. You can find more of Jill's photos at lafleurphoto.com. At some point, we're going to get back to hosting Out to Lunch around the real world lunch table. For now, though, Commander's Palace in New Orleans is closed, but you can have a wide range of ready-to-cook items shipped from Commander's Kitchen to yours anywhere nationwide. Information is at goldbelly.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris, our technical producer is Eric Merle, and our researcher is Maggie Mendel. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the lunch table for more business New Orleans style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Hancock Whitney. Hancock Whitney is here for families, here for businesses, here for communities during this challenging time. Visit HancockWhitney.com slash COVID-19 for the latest. And by... 
Short & Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. 